Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back, Karen. This is another episode for the Oral Health Podcast where we're discussing um, and sharing some of our ambassadors' stories. And today we're going to um, be speaking to Charlotte, who is um, a tongue cancer survivor and has shared her journey online with countless different people across social media, as well as done lots of really exciting work with us on raising awareness specifically on tongue cancer in younger people. So Charlotte is 26 and has been through a tongue cancer diagnosis. And as you'll know, Karen, being a dental expert, that's very young. It is young, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have put her in a risk factor for oral cancer, certainly by her age, um, mm -hmm. which is why it's really, really important to um, not just not say oh i'm not in a risk a risk factor i'm not in a risk group so you know there can't be anything wrong i think you've you've got to be aware that it could be anybody any age any sex any you know anybody can get it mm -hmm. any uh at any point in time so that's why it's so important to keep a check on everything that is going on in your mouth and any changes um are checked out yeah and amongst um, all of the information she shared about her journey, her um, time in intensive care, her time um, with a, a, a what the tracheostomy, um, like breathing tubes, and she was so uh, open about that experience. But then we also started to talk about the age side of mouth cancer and that there is unfortunately... Um, I'm trying to think of the most diplomatic way to say this. So there can be um, a little bit of age discrimination with mouth cancer. So like you say, based on her age, we wouldn't necessarily put her in a risk factor group. And her cancer was passed off by her dentist as, oh, it's um, you've got a bit of a, a sore patch there, but it's probably because your teeth are rubbing against um, so the dentist did not pick up on the mouth cancer and it wasn't until she went to a GP and that led to a delay in her diagnosis. And there was a question there of if she was older or in a, just a different person, but with the same symptom, would it have been picked up 
And it was a really interesting um, point because we are seeing the age of diagnosis get younger and younger and younger. Now, 26 is really young to get diagnosed with mouth cancer, but like she's shown, it's possible. Yeah, and and we certainly should be looking as a dental profession. We shouldn't be just dismissing somebody's um, sore in the mouth, red or white patch, ulcer that hasn't healed within three weeks. We shouldn't be dismissing that patient because we think they're too young. Um, anything, you know, regardless of the age, it should be referred if you can't put it down to something else or it hasn't healed quite quickly. Um, again, it may be nothing, but it's better to be diagnosed by an expert early on than wait um, until it's uh, more severe or a higher sort of stage of the cancer, just purely based on the age of the patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, Charlotte was a really good person to speak to, and she's done lots of stuff for us um, since talking to her. And I know that she's so happy when people get in touch and say that her story's helped someone and she just genuinely enjoys helping people which is just such a nice thing to find um especially with mouth cancer sufferers or any cancer sufferers really that the community is there and there's people that you can go to who have been through the same thing for support and um we'll link some different support organizations we discussed in below and as well as charlotte's information if you want to go and look at her story in more detail um as well as more information about the campaign um so our social links and and things like that but um yeah it's just so nice to talk to different people about their experiences So, Charlotte, do you want to just spend a little bit of time giving us some information just about you? What do you like to do? Where are you from? All of that lovely stuff. Yeah, sure. So, um, originally from Midhurst, West Sussex, which is a really tiny little town. And um, me and my boyfriend bought a house a couple of years ago in Petersfield. So I'm now in Hampshire, but it's only like 20 minutes from Midhurst and um I used to be cabin crew so I did that for five years and then I took some time out and went backpacking and then COVID hit and had a little rethink and ended up applying to go to university and now I'm studying to be a midwife in um, the University of Surrey which is Guildford so um yeah and I've just found out I've passed my first year actually a couple of days ago so oh really amazing <laughs> so um two more years and then I'll be qualified midwife um yeah I've got two two furry kids two smelly dogs <laughs> um and yeah living with my boyfriend really close with my mom got my little brother as well he's 16 um my boyfriend's really into motor racing so we're always doing that <laughs> always going here there and everywhere with the cars lots of petrol heads in my family um <laughs> but yeah just spare time seeing my friends love cooking walking the dogs, go to the gym all the time, now that I can again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's it, really. Nice. And congrats on passing your uh, your first Thank year you. of uni oh as well. Oh, my God. So relieved. <laughs> we got an email through and I was like, oh, I don't want to look. But, yeah, I, I did try really hard, so I'm really chuffed. Fantastic. Well, obviously, we met um, 
because your mouth cancer story has been in lots of different pieces of news mm -hmm. so like the metro the independent and you were very candid about telling your story with them so obviously we reached out and got in touch with you to see if you'd yeah. like to um spend some time with us and do some awareness activities and we're all yeah. really happy that you said yes but um if we can start from the beginning of your your story your experience um mm -hmm. what were sort of the initial signs or um when you started to think maybe it was something a little bit more serious than yeah thought. okay so I had um some ulcers for about three to four years before I had my operation and um I actually also got celiac disease so um I get do get run down and often ulcers are a sign of celiac disease um it just they just come hand in hand so I and also I was flying so I was always jet lagged um so I put it down to that um they, they came and went but always in the same area they never fully went but it, they used to flare up like if I was run down I'd think oh you know or I was hung over <laughs> or anything like that they would get worse so they came and went so I thought you know it's nothing to worry about um and then about a year before I had my operation um I went to the dentist and they said oh we don't really know what it is um might be because your teeth are rubbing so we would advise maybe getting your teeth straightened and have your wisdom tooth taken out. So I did that, paid for braces, got my wisdom tooth taken out, um, had really great teeth, but still had the ulcers. So then my mum got poorly in the September, which was September 2020. And my ulcers got really bad then. And I thought, I'm stressed. It's got to be, I'm really stressed. You know, mum was having chemo and you know, had lots going on. So I put it down to that and come the January, they were really bad. Like I could see white patches. Um, it was just underneath my tongue. Um, and when I had spicy food, it, it hurt to eat. And sometimes if I was really run down, even talking, it was really sore. But it was just, it, it just felt like ulcers do, but just a bigger patch. And they started to turn white and they had like red around them as well. So they looked quite like inflamed. I thought maybe it was a bit of an infection or something. So my mum went, you know, to go back and I kept badgering me, just go and get peace of mind. It won't be anything. I was like, all right, I'll go. So I went back to the um, doctor in January 2021. And he said, oh, I'm going to do a biopsy send you off go and get biopsy um just to be safe and I was like yeah okay whatever I'll go and get go and get that done so I had the biopsy done in April and two weeks later they brought me in and I remember saying to Tom it's fine you wait in the car they're probably just going to give me some like oral mouthwash or something you know try and get rid of the I thought it was something like I'd got a bit of an infection or, or something or I was going to say they'll tell me my my iron's low and I'm lacking in something so anyway, I went in and he said, have you got anyone with you today? And I was thinking, yeah, Tom's in the car with the dog. And he was like, um, do you want to bring him in? And I just looked at him and I said, it's not good, is it? And he was like, no, it's not. And I thought, okay. I said, it's not cancer, is it? Like that, I was like, it's not cancer, is it? And he was like, I'm really sorry, you've got cancer? And I was like, what do you mean? Surely not. And I, I think I almost laughed because I was so like, no, like, 
and just turned 26. So realistically, I'd had the ulcers at like 25 years old. And I thought, no, that's not that I can't I can't have cancer. That's ridiculous. My mum's my mum's just got over it, you know. And that wasn't linked, by the way. We we had lots of testing and stuff that wasn't linked. It was just fluke that I managed to get it at the same time as her. So anyway, they told me it was cancer. Um I just yeah remember that remember every single detail about that room and even now when I go back in there like you know shirt comes off I'm sweating <laughs> it's it's really hard and they're amazing in there and the surgeons are like my friends I feel like I can ring them if I'm worried about anything and they always say you know we love seeing you Charlotte but we hate seeing you because you shouldn't be in here I was kind of a bit of a mystery to them to be honest um because I'm really healthy you know I have the odd glass of fears if I'm celebrating or whatever but I'm not you know I don't drink don't smoke you know so it was a massive shock so anyway two weeks later they brought me back in once they'd figured out a plan gave me a date for my op had my op um on the 7th of June and I had to isolate before as well because COVID was still quite um a thing and I remember I couldn't see my mum which was really hard so I lived with Tom and he was going to take me down there. So they said, just stay in your household sort of thing. So that was hard. Um, and they kind of they kind of softened the blow a bit, I think, by saying, you know, you might have to have this tracheostomy and you might have to have this, that and the other. But they, they said to me, you will be having treatment. Like, you're so young. We want to give you the works. We don't want this coming back. You know, basically expect all of that once you've had your op. So um, when I did go back after my op and was like, right, come on, how much, how much radiotherapy am I having? When's it starting? And they actually said, actually, you don't think you need it. We've taken the tumour. We've taken the really good margins around the tumour and it wasn't in, in my lymph node. Um, so we don't, we don't think it's necessary to give you any treatment. So that was amazing because I've read since read stories and the radiotherapy is like the worst. I think that's what, really messes with your speech and stuff and your your taste and that like I just I feel so grateful and I think for me now it's a realization that I, the fact that I went when I did was a, the best thing I could have done because god if I'd even left it six months who knows it could have grown and I mean even in the four weeks it had grown from when they did the biopsy so yeah I just feel so lucky that I went when I did because although it was felt like the worst thing in the world at the time actually looking back it could have been even more mm. horrific um but yeah my op went uh it was about nine nine and a half hours long and then what they did was they took the tumor from my tongue and they also took my lymph node out to be sure um just in case it had gone there because they couldn't they couldn't test that when they did the biopsy so they took it all anyway just to be safe and then they reconstructed my tongue from my leg, took all the blood vessels and like a skin flap. I don't know why they call it that, it's awful, but <laughs> it's a skin flap from my leg and they made my new tongue. And um, it took so long because what happens is they they sew up all the little thread vein, the thread vessels uh, underneath the microscope. So it's like, I don't know, it's crazy what they do, but it takes them ages. And what had happened, unfortunately, when I'd come back around, um, I had a Doppler, which like um, measures like the pulse and the blood flow in your flap. And 
I remember them saying really clearly, it's cold. And I was thinking, what's cold? And I had all these fingers in my mouth and porches and contractions and, you know, it was all a bit of a blur. I was just rigged up with all of these things, like some sort of science experiment. Um, and they said, oh, let's change the Doppler. It might be the wires. So they did some other stuff and changed the Doppler. And and they were like, no, it's it's cold. So what had happened was some of the blood vessels had got damaged and caused a blood clot and there was no blood going to the skin flap. So I had to go back in. Um, and I mean, I don't know how the surgeon's done it because it's the same surgeons. They come back in, had a nap, come back in, redid it. And I think about four hours later, um, I'd come back out and it was successful and it was working and it was fine. And they took, you know, there was watched my every single move 24 7 I had a nurse next to me the whole time they were brilliant but yeah I was just rigged up and they put a clock in front of me which was like the worst thing because I literally was there in intensive care for a good four days clock watching basically um but yeah I had drain out of my neck drain out of my leg catheter in my leg for the pain a normal like urine catheter I had cannulas in each hand had my tracheostomy which they said I was going to have for a couple of days end up having that for a week um but it's fine it saves your life doesn't it it has to be done but I honestly felt like I must have looked like an experiment because I was just didn't look like me my whole face was swollen everyone's like just huge and I was just had tubes everywhere I had a feeding tube I had an oxygen tube I had a tracheostomy you know, I had drains and yeah, my mouth was just full of tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, luckily had had loads of help after this, had loads of therapy, like speech therapy, dietitian, um physio, so many different doctors, counsellor, like everyone, everyone I had, and they were just incredible. And yeah, every day got easier, every day I had a tube taken away, went onto the ward and just got better and better really and luckily didn't have any treatment and yeah I still feel like even when I think about it now my heart goes because I think I was that close you know I was so close to having that horrible horrible treatment and luckily I got it early enough that didn't spread to my lymph node and I didn't have to have any treatment I just had to yeah have my new tongue put in which is I'm getting used to now (laughs) How does it feel? How does it feel your in your tongue? Um, so it's I'll never feel it. It's numb. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any taste buds or anything. Obviously, it's part of my leg. Um, it was very swollen at first. It felt horrible. It just felt like my mouth was full of just full. Mm-hmm. And um, until the swelling went down, obviously, I just was quite hard to understand. Um, but yeah, it's numb. My ears numb back of my head here is numb if I touch there I can feel it in my mouth which is really bizarre here is kind of weird sensation it's like when you touch a balloon or when you've got like rubber gloves on you feel something like pressure but not really a feeling um I can feel my lips but yeah obviously my tongue inside is fully numb and I don't eat on that side or anything because I just wouldn't be able to move it around because it's basically just a flap attached to my working tongue so my working tongue now is like works in overdrive because it's mm-hmm. carrying extra weight if you know what I mean um 
but it's fine I've got used to it I forget to be honest I forget that I can't feel it and I think because I had the ulcers for so long before that I never ate on that side anyway because it was really painful so I kind of just got used to it I mean I'm, these teeth are going to be worn down soon because <laughs> it's the only side I use <laughs> how were your um your experiences with things like um like speech therapy and um that the recovery period afterwards how did you find it um it was hard um I could not wait to get out of hospital like as amazing they were like my goal was right just get home and I remember them saying to me um when I was on the ward you know for you to go home we need to do certain things to make sure that you are okay at home and you can keep stuff down you can drink you can you know all the rest of it and obviously my tracheostomy was fitted for seven days so my body hadn't swallowed or breathed through my mouth in so long that often your muscles take a while to get back to that so they listen to your swallow the speech therapist they'll listen to your swallow for a, a while and then they'll test it um and I had to have my tracheostomy taken out and I remember the first time they tried to take it out I was I don't think my body was ready because it was like I was being suffocated because I couldn't breathe through my mouth so obviously they cut they covered this hole so I could then breathe through here and it wouldn't it just couldn't it was so like it's just like I had a mouth full of like straw or hay or it was just so hard so husky so stuck I can't explain it was just just imagine your mouth being full of sock basically and that was that was what it's like and I remember the panic I was like no I can't so they tried again the next day and then every day it was just better and better but they were amazing I mean the speech therapist gave me lots of exercises to do I had to have a lolly stick and like you know like um, resistance against it to try and strengthen my tongue um they said to me on on the day I was going home you know you've got to drink four of these milkshakes these little horrible horrible um you know diet um shakes you know loads of stuff in um and I thought oh, sorry, my phone. um and I said okay yeah that's fine I was thinking I can't drink this this is horrible and I remember my boyfriend coming out like can you drink these <laughs> No, I can't drink them. I was like, can you please? Because <laughs> they had to make sure that I was all right to swallow. Um, so anyway, yeah, I had the speech therapist. They were amazing. They got me to like do certain exercises. The physio was great because I couldn't move my neck. And like I could I could do a little bit that side, but this side was so stiff, obviously, where, where I had my um neck dissection. So yeah, physio on my neck on my tongue on my shoulder because they said I would never be able to do this because of the cut here often messes with all your nerves and stuff had physio on my leg had to do sorts of step ups and um things like that um they offered me counseling which I did accept but I didn't really feel it was very helpful so soon after because mm-hmm. well one I could barely speak to them and two, I kind of hadn't really processed it that much. I was just focusing on getting better and wasn't really, I don't know, I just didn't really need it at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have? I had the dietitian. They were amazing. They ran me every week and they weighed me and they were making sure that I was having ice cream in my milkshakes at breakfast and <laughs> just trying to fatten me up, basically. Um, and they were just really surprised, I think. I'd actually think... 
because I'm young, they they didn't really know how I was going to recover. A lot of the people who have it are a bit older than me. So maybe it takes them a little bit longer or, you know, these men that are 70 or that have heavily smoked for so long probably do take a long time to recover. But luckily didn't have my feeding tube in when I got home and they took my tracheostomy out and I actually recovered um pretty well but I mean I was determined like on day two when I got home I was like let's go out and Tom was like are you sure so I literally shuffled shuffled down the road like this really slowly but I just had to had to just keep going because I'm such a like you know hate being indoors as well mm-hmm. um but no everyone was amazing like had the surgeons ring me all the time had the hospital check up on me like yeah they were brilliant that's good. I'm I'm pleased that you've had such a, a good experience with all the, the different people that you've you've been speaking to and who were involved in, you know, helping you get better. And it's it's nice to hear as well, you know, recovering quickly. Because like you mm-hmm. say, sometimes it does take a while and side effects from things like radiotherapy and stuff, which of course you didn't have to have, can go on for quite a while afterwards. Um a lot of the times the, the the people that I've spoke to have had similar operations mm. have issues with like getting a really dry mouth or um just like sensations in the mouth are completely different to to what it was prior have you had like a similar experience yeah I do get really dry mouth and it's funny you say that because I just was trying to swallow them whilst you were saying it <laughs> um and eating is a lot harder than it used to be although I've got used to it now I, I it is yeah I don't eat anything on that side and obviously I can't taste it anyway but I wouldn't be able to chew on that side or anything and sometimes it feels strange like I do feel like there's something abnormal in there um and that's probably it probably is when it's drier it almost feels like I've got something that I need to take out it's a really weird sensation um and I I still luckily have the tip of my tongue but obviously only half of it is working like I can mm-hmm. feel um but yeah definitely I get, get dry mouth and just often feels like I need to take something out like it's in the way <laughs> um and they were worried actually that it was going to be too big they said often we have to like resize it so I'm, I'm really lucky they didn't have to do that as well um but yeah, just a weird nerve, the nerve things. Um, often when I'm tired, I'm more slurry because it's just, I guess I'm just working harder to speak and eat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my lips are a little bit different now, so I can do that and not, not do it the other side. A little bit. So it's like they actually thought I'd be quite droopy here where they cut the nerves, but um, it's not too bad. But I, I notice it probably a lot more than what everyone else notices it just because pick up on those things don't you mm. um, but to be honest like I didn't care I didn't care about the scars I didn't care about anything I just thought get this thing out and then I'll deal with it afterwards and actually it probably was the best it could have been really after I covered really well they did say I couldn't go to uni in September because I had my op in the June and they said oh you won't be going to uni in September I was like oh why anyway I ended up going anyway <laughs> and um yeah get tired probably that's another another thing get tired bit slurry dry mouth weird sensations here there and everywhere mm-hmm. um, but to be honest in the grand scheme of things I'd take that over and over again 
yeah you know what what could have been and yeah just mental and actually like the whole operation itself I never knew I never knew they could do anything like that it's amazing yeah definitely um did you ever have any experience with things like um like cancer support groups or um like community support I know some hospitals have different hubs and things that people can go and use did you ever get to access anything like that no I don't think I did I didn't have I didn't have anything like that I I just had the um the dietitian read me every week and the speech therapist checked up on me but to be honest once I went in and they tested the tumor and they knew I wasn't having any treatment it was just a kind of check up every six weeks they would have a look in my mouth weigh me um they didn't really point me to any support I kind of had to just do it I guess Mm -hmm. um because my mum obviously she had had cancer and so I kind of knew a few things and she had loads of support mm-hmm. she had, but I guess it's bigger isn't it that's the other thing it's more common they say um but she was given loads of like zoom calls with other people who'd been through it because I actually said once I have my operation like please pass my details on to anybody who wants to sorry what a massive bone um anybody who wants to speak to me because I felt like I didn't really have that mm-hmm. um there was one lady that said she would chat to me, but I chose to speak to her after my op because I just wanted to not really know much. I just wanted to get it done. Didn't have a choice. So I thought, right, let's get it over and done with. And then then process it afterwards. And the only thing I was really worried about, and I messaged her about, I said, can you voice note me? And she was like, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I just wanted to know that I wasn't going to sound really, really like you couldn't understand me. That's the only thing I was worried about. Mm-hmm um because I know unfortunately it does happen to some people but she reassured me but yeah I think it, w- it would have been nice to have a bit more support because as much as the nurses and you know the professionals can give you and they say they'll be there for you if you haven't been through it yourself you can't really explain it and since I've sort of spoken about my story and I have spoken to others about it like it is a different kind of love it's a different kind of like support that you get because you know that they feel exactly the same because mm-hmm. they know exactly like one guy said oh, I saw your video of you sipping the water for the first time he was like I laughed my head off because I felt exactly the same yeah you kind of can't really explain it or understand it unless you've been for it yourself so yeah it would have been nice maybe to have like you know they do these coffee mornings or drop-ins or mm-hmm. you know that sort of stuff or like questions even like a zoom call like a q a people could if they didn't want to show their faces they could write in there oh how did you feel when you had this or whatever it would have been maybe a bit helpful to have that mm-hmm. yeah definitely i also didn't really know where to look mm-hmm. you know what to what to search for or you know yeah of course so like it, it's you've you've put that really well like you can't always explain something as well as someone who's been through it so like yeah. you can get all the advice in the world but it still doesn't it's not as good as someone who's in the same position or has been in the same position it's it's nicer I, I completely agree with um with that in mind then yeah if 
you could give any advice or any words of encouragement or anything to someone who might be in the same position mm. what what would you say um I would say gosh it's so hard first of all like my story just shows that if you the sooner you go the better and if you're worried about anything um you know no matter what age because you know that was the whole stigma is oh you're too young god it won't be that won't be that and it does happen and I obviously I don't want to be scaremongering but I just want to sort of tell people that you know if you're worried if you've got that feeling that something's not right just push for it go and get the test go and get the scans I can't criticize dentists but a lot of people have said oh my dentist didn't notice that so you know just go just go to GP just go anywhere where they can try and get you some sort of scan and push for it but also like mainly you know that all of these operations are successful and everybody who has them you know they take the tumor away and they can live a normal life after you know I've done so much since my operation I'm doing a degree I've been on holiday I'm getting married like you know and I, I feel normal you know I might not in my, my tongue's not normal but to me you know you can you can live your life and do everything you want to do you know you're just a bit you just kind of process it and accept it a little bit more every day and you know it's not easy it's such a bizarre crazy operation that you have to have but it is amazing and it sounds scarier than it is I think once you're in it you don't have a choice you've got to do it you've got to get it done and it is actually fine you can do it it's just try and get the support if you feel like you need the support don't be afraid to reach out because maybe that's what I should have done a little bit more but I kind of was like no I'll be fine I'll do it myself <laughs> but um yeah I just would love to be that for somebody else as well like someone in my shoes if they're you know a bit younger and they're a bit kind of like oh well, nobody's gonna have it because that's how I felt it was all kind of a bit older people and I thought well, they're not like me they won't get it so it would be nice to sort of do that for somebody but yeah just to say basically you know go with your gut feeling always get it checked out early no matter how old you are it takes literally 30 seconds to check your mouth as well and it could save your life and yeah it's it's bloody hard it's really hard work but you'll get through it I got through it and you know I feel kind of normal now <laughs> you know just happy to be here and all these little things that used to bother me I'm so over it now I'm so chilled because <laughs> <laughs> you do appreciate a bit more when you have to you know breathe out your throat for two weeks and oh yeah yeah but yeah, I just that's the least thing I want to do. I don't want to scare anybody. I just want to give as much honest information as I can just to show people that if you go earlier to get it checked out, you know, you can you can then look forward and it's it's all fine and it's okay. And it's actually a really treatable cancer, although it is a really bizarre one and the operation's you know traumatic and pretty gruesome. It is treatable and you can you can, you know get over it and be fine and it really does happen to anyone not just smokers because that's such a stigma it really annoys me you have to be a, like a really old man that smokes 50 a day but you don't mm -hmm. it just shows that recently how common it is now like it's, and it's not out there it, take, it took this tiny little poster in the clinic for me to, to be like oh my god that's mouth cancer and by then it was too late anyway so yeah but just yeah don't really know it's hard to put it into words sometimes 
what to sort of tell people I don't want to scare anyone but it's, it is horrible it's hard but it just shows us so many stories so many positive outcomes and you know it is it you do get through it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and you're right it, it's you can come out the other side and it'll be fine and yeah you know you're proof you're proof of that you've like I say you're going off to uni and and doing all of these amazing things and you know it's it's behind you it's it's yeah yeah it's hard though when somebody says oh you know you know I've had so many messages like oh you know how do I keep positive how do I do this how do I do that it, you have to keep positive and that is such an annoying thing to say because if you're not feeling positive how where do you get that from <laughs> but it, you do because you know time goes and each day you know you're getting closer to your operation or you're getting closer to getting better or you're getting closer to feeling normal and you know it it's fine you'll get there you'll get there in the end and yeah I just would like to think that I'm proof of that. You know, one day I was told, right, you, we're going to cut half a tongue out, we're going to make you a new one and you're going to breathe out your neck. I would have thought, what? Surely I'm, I'll never do that. I can't do that. And now here I am and I'm fine. And I feel like, you know, it's bloody scary, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a really lovely note, I think, to 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 end on. So I, yeah, thank you so much for that's okay spending the time hopefully I've been useful sorry I do waffle on now that I can talk again I literally talk everyone's heads off yeah I think it's brilliant that we have such a cross-section as well so um you know ranging from the young to the older to the different types of cancer to you know so that the information um that they can give the experience that they have will be slightly different in each in each case and anybody looking for that the information that kind of matches them they will be able to find the help there and we can only be eternally grateful to these people that that are happy to put their their story out there and as you say speak candidly about their experiences because it's invaluable Um, and we need this we need it as a profession to understand because um you know we know the nuts and bolts of it we know how to look for it but you know we have to be aware of the patient on the end of it you know we have to kind of um sort of be able to empathize with what they're going through okay the main the main objective is to get rid of the cancer is to to stop those cells from spreading anymore but you know obviously catching it earlier it has a better outcome for the patient but also you know there needs to be the facilities there to support the patient through the whole of their journey. So not just getting rid of the the, um, the cancer cells, but looking at the holistic um, approach to the patient. So right from the start of being diagnosed, right the way through for all the um the the um, emotional and uh, all the other aspects like the PS post traumatic stress. Uh, disorder that lots of people can get following the treatments um yeah. there needs to be that kind of support and help out there i couldn't agree more and um 
yeah, like I say, we'll link all the support organizations that we are aware of. Um, and actually on the mouthcancer.org website, there is a section of support services um, broken down by area, as well as ones that cover everyone um, nationally and internationally. So, um, yeah, thank you again, uh, Karen, for talking to me. Thank you, Charlotte, Stephanie, Laura, everyone that we spoke to. Um, and yeah, just stay vigilant. Absolutely. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you for all your help on this. And, um, you know, I know it's been difficult for you to interview all these people because it is quite, um, it is a quite emotional um, subject. And um, we do want to be at the forefront of, of helping these patients and getting the awareness out there. Um, and it can be sometimes if we're not used to it and certainly and not from a dental background, I know it can be quite um quite an emotional journey for for you mm -hmm. to learn about it as well so we do appreciate appreciate that as well Sophie oh thank you <laughs> well um yeah I'll leave you be for now Karen and um <laughs> thank you once again ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.